Hey, everybody. Absolutely fantastic morning show this morning. We talk about the aftermath of the QQL Dutch auction, QQL being the new collection by Tyler Hobbs in collaboration with Dandelion Wiss. Our very own King Kicks and Spencer both participated in the Dutch auction. The floor went from the floor of the Dutch auction of 14 ETH all the way to 20 ETH here in a 24-hour period. So we talk about the price action there. We talk about what that means for the NFT market. We also discuss the seven figure crypto punk sale that also happened yesterday and then talk about the current state of affairs in the NFT space and the difference between digital collectibles versus physical and how to price them accordingly. That topic gets brought up by some of the gaming NFT collections that have just come out. And last but not least, the show is sponsored by Wilder World, absolutely electric sponsored spot. We learn about their metaverse ecosystem that has several NFT collections all built with Unreal Engine. Incredible, incredible attention to detail on all the artwork absolutely jam of a sponsor. So overall, this show is one of the best we've had in a while. Hope you enjoy it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, September 29th, and you have tuned into the NFT Morning Show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, where we discuss all things NFT space, all of the stories of the NFT market, which collections are going up, which collections are going down, and everything in between. I'm P.O. here with my lovely co-host, Nifty Nick, the most controversial man in the business, but the funniest one at the same time. Also, Signal, uh, we love her around here. She writes the Nifty Daily Digest. No one's better at summing up the NFT market than her. Easy Eats Bodega, you probably know him as the Solana celebrity, the creator of Bodega Buddies, the hottest new up-and-coming collection to be released on Solana. Spencer of Spencer Ventures recently announced that he has his own VC operation, if you will. Uh, really, really excited that we learned about that. Micah G, this guy knows collectibles trade and came from Top Shot, early Bored Ape, uh, World of Women are some of his greatest hits. Jesse, everybody's favorite Web3 lawyer. Gene Parmesan, a fan favorite already. His jokes have structure. His jokes take risk. And of course, the host of the show, Rolling Into Deep, our very own to Deep. Very, very excited to have Deep on the show again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today's show is sponsored by Wilder World. And we're actually going to be giving away five Wilder Moto Genesis NFTs, which, by the way, have a 0.44 ETH floor uh, and quite a bit of liquidity, if you ask me. So retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top. And follow Wilder World for a chance to win. We'll be giving those away at the end of the show. You have to be in the audience to win. Uh, really, I, I couldn't be happier about the sponsors that we're able to get on this show. This one's absolutely electric, and I can't wait to dive in. If you stick around to find out, I think you'll understand exactly uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, but before I go any further, before we jump into the show, I just got to see, Easy, how you doing down there, man? He didn't see that coming. No, I didn't at all. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, no, nah, man, it's good. Like the storm basically missed Miami in full. It's uh, past Florida now, so thinking about everyone on the West Coast. But seems like we uh, went by relatively unscathed. 
Well, that's good to hear. You got to be you got to be ready, everybody. These, this is PO's new thing, and I like it. Don't come up here just to get shine and followers. You got to be ready to contribute. Yeah, from, I was just from, up from here engagement gap. farming and uh, just got put on the spot. Man, that was a uh, that was unsettling. It's one of my things. <laughs> unsettling. <laughs> unsettling is just a hilarious word to describe it. It's my new favorite thing to do. Uh, the origins of it, if you must know, if we want to peel back the curtain, the origins of it are that nifty Nick. Uh, uh, was getting cranky that I was throwing to him immediately in the morning. And uh, I believe he described himself as like a car that needs to get started up. Like, yeah, throw it to me, coach. Throw it to me. <laughs> Nifty Nick, what's going on? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> did that come through properly? You bet it did. Sadly. Okay, well, the, you know, whatever. This harmony button that I'm clicking here, it's hit or miss. Okay, the, the, uh, the, the, it, I had to select the key. I'm not a fucking musician over here. I'm just sort of like improvising. You kind of are. Uh, you kind of are. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the fact that I was just tossing out random notes that did not sound harmonious despite hitting the harmony button. I'm, I'm going to have to mess with this thing to actually figure it out. I also saw... Dude, is this... Do we have the real Frank Wilder on stage today? This is like shocking to me. We, we, we do. I mean, Let's go. Dude, <laughs> I sent this guy. This guy. I, I sent a uh, I sent a DM last May, oh, popped shit. up on my radar. <laughs> Check your DMs, dude. Check your <laughs> DMs. Uh, but we come I've full been circle. In the metaverse, but I'm I'm stoked to be here. Thank you, NFT Nick, PO, and the the whole squad here. We're stoked AF to have you. I wasn't kidding when I said like, you know, we're just spoiled by the people that sponsor our show. Now this is incredible. So Nick, you were trying to get Frank on your on your podcast. Yeah, but I mean, it, I get it. He, you know, people are busy, you know, busy schedule out in the metaverse and also calendar scheduling is quite difficult. No, but in all seriousness, yeah, I, I think um, there were a lot of people discussing uh, when I was speaking early on to people about like metaverse related stuff. I was checking out crypto voxels and obviously all, all the other ones, the central and sandbox, et cetera. And uh, people were like, you got to check out what Frank's doing with Wilder World. Um, but anyways, so yeah, that, uh, I, I think, Salute, brother. yeah, I mean, it, it's, it sounds exciting. Um, and you have the, uh, the attention of artists from what I could tell at that, at least at that time. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like you're building something exciting that we'll, uh, be jumping into. I also just wanted to throw out my Kanye, uh, attempt, but, uh, you know, it was, it, it, you can't, you can't uh, hit a home run every time. Well, that was an 808s and a heartbreak Kanye attempt. I was playing Graduation Kanye. Uh, the album artwork designed by Taka the NFT uh, space's very own Takashi Murakami. I, I mean, I guess Kanye. I was just going after the, the lyric that I just listened to. Okay, that was it. I don't know. 808s. This is all just a bunch of nonsense as far as I'm concerned. Notes. What are those? You know? Um, <laughs> anyways. I, Nick, I also just noticed your text message. Ladies and gentlemen, at 9.10, so about four minutes ago, Nick sent me a text message that just uh, okay, says... Okay, let's not... It, it let's, just says, throw the ball. So, Nifty Nick has gone from not wanting to be thrown... Throw the uh, ball, to, coach. It, well, it, I don't... I, you know, it's not whoa, every whoa, single whoa, whoa, time. Whoa, whoa, Jump, block, catch. Uh, <laughs> I, just got, I just got the interception. I just got the interception. This is a football <laughs> field, and this girl can catch. So, I got the ball. Hey, Signal, how are you? <laughs> well, P.O., I'm actually doing great, I have to say. I just started my marathon training, and I'm absolutely knackered. Let's throw the ball. Good morning, kicks. 
Wow. So, <laughs> so Signal just intercepted the ball and then threw the ball to herself and then threw it to Kicks. That she was pulled incredible. it out of my hands. Shut up, Nick. Just caught the ball. Thank you so much. <laughs> Great pass from downtown. I'm dribbling it. Oh, just juke that P.O. Oh, Ben, little weak, not getting much sleep with that baby, huh? Oh, spin move. Kicking it over to Deep, deep Soul. Downtown, far right. Wow, many sports blending D together. D -Deep, D get the ball, Dadeep. You, you had the ball. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the Burgerland football is way beyond my culture and understanding. So if you want to pass me something, pass me actual football. Dadeep, I, D -Deep, I, uh, I I'm passing you one of those little bowling things with the three sticks, uh, and then you throw it. Okay, Where's I've it? got it, and I have yeah, thrown that it. one. Yeah, got it. Uh, who am I throwing it to? I'll throw it to Jesse. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Let's be clear. Kicks, Kicks received a football and it, it arrived as a basketball. He then passed it to Dadeep, who was confused about the ball, rejected the ball. Micah transformed it via wizardry. And then uh, in his hands, he wasn't even impressed by the fact that the ball transformed in his hands. And he was just like, oh, my God, surprise, threw it to Jesse. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it, this is like a, a game of – this is like Harry Potter's form of sports. Someone needs to be riding a stick, though. We're playing Quidditch now? Okay, I'm, I'm up for Quidditch. I've okay. got the ball. I've got the ball. <laughs> so like, you, you just keep taking it from everybody. No, I'm intercepting. I am intercepting the ball because I jump, block, catch – because I can catch, even though I'm a girl, I can catch. And then I throw to whoever is on the ball. The deep, you're a bit slow. So go long, Ben. <laughs> I have received the ball and I am shooting the puck on the goal, hoping for a now we're talking down and a touchdown. Let's do waiting for that. Wow, I did not realize that Signal was such a well-rounded athlete. She's performing on multiple fronts right now, many different sports, different techniques. Uh, I'm just impressed. Uh, you know, I just I also love how enthusiastic Nick is about getting thrown to now. See, this is actually a strategy that I implement, you know, in multiple ways when working with Nick is this is mind games. Well, if you ask Nick to do something, he's basically like, why, why would I do that? I'm not doing that. But then if you do it with other people, he gets FOMO and he's like, why are you doing that with other people and not me? <laughs> so that's the, the general approach that I take with Nick in, in, in general. You know, I could invite him to something. He's like, I'm not going to that. That's a waste of time. And then if I just invite other people and go, he's like, why didn't you invite me? So it's perfect. Uh, it is. It is an elite strategy there. And it's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, if someone invites me to something, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't get invited, you're appalled. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm furious. Exactly. It's a nice way. Uh, it's, it's generated a lot of friendships for me. Let me tell, let me, let me tell you. Well, I, I remember the first time uh, Matt Medved came on stage, the way you greeted him was, yeah. Was, okay, oh, let's, yeah. Not, let's not throw back on that. Let's not, <laughs> we buried the hatchet, okay? We're good to go. It's all oh, yeah, Matt Medved, I know you. You had okay, a dinner in New no, York. No, we're good. We're good. We don't, we, we don't need to bring that up, okay? We're not trying to rec recount, you know, missteps by me on a, on a sort of relational basis, okay? There's... You're allowed a couple of those. Okay. Fun. Okay. Well, I didn't know you were allowed a couple of those. I got some learning to do. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, a reminder, today's show is sponsored by Frank Wilder, more specifically Wilder World. Uh, you heard that you? Nick tried to get... 
Yeah, yeah, you heard that Nick tried to get Frank on his podcast last year. No surprise. Frank was too busy uh, and Nick wasn't important enough. That's something that I know all too well. No, I'm just kidding. But we're incredibly thrilled. He didn't invite me to his party also. And like, remember those things we were saying about him? That was fucked up. We're not going to bring that up on the stage. Like, that's just inappropriate. And that's a party in the metaverse. You definitely could have attended that, Nick. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, retweet that tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Wilder World for a chance to win one of five Wilder Moto Genesis NFTs. 0.44 ETH floor on those bad boys. Very generous giveaway uh, by Wilder World. This is an absolute jam. So you're going to want to stick around uh, till the end of the show, not only to learn about how badass Wilder World is as an NFT ecosystem, really just a... Uh, uh, a met, I mean, I'll save it. I'll, I'll let you guys hear from the team on what it is because it is uh, definitely something that you're going to want to hear about, but also to get a chance to win one of those five NFTs. So before we go any further, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about this morning. I can't wait to talk about Kicks because Kicks made a huge move yesterday. That's an absolutely badass uh, maneuver. I want to throw to Signal, our very own weather reporter. Signal, what's going on? Catch. GM. Thursday, the 29th of September, folks. Let's see what's been going on in the markets. So uh, volume overnight, OpenSea, it's lovely to see that it, that is back at 12 million. So we're seeing a nice in these double digits. On to the leaders, the most notable change is with the is, is with Punks. That floor is back up to 67 ETH. And Clonex is actually trotting along quite nicely um, in trying to reach 7 ETH. Obviously, lots of speculation with the upcoming token. Uh, the majority of the other collections, not much change. Over the four hours, NFTs are dead. Punk said, hold my beer. Grail hoodies, we all, that went for three thousand three hundred ETH or four point five million dollars. That was the fourth highest ETH punk sale of all time. Seed phrase was a seller. He's been trying to sell that punk over the last month. He started at seven thousand ETH, so almost ten million dollars. Um, but the winning bid was closer to four point five million. We don't know who the buyer is, but they definitely have a grail. On to the fine art side of the market. Tyler Hobbs and Dandelion Wiss sold out their 999 mint passes. The Dutch auction ended at 14 ETH. There was a little bit of controversy, uh, a controversy after Hobbs blocked the mint passes from being sold on X2Y2. Due, uh, that was due to the royalty uh, evasion. But the floor on the mint passes is doing very well and is now at 19 ETH. Cloud Machine, this is an exclusive drop uh, that was, uh, sorry, an exclusive drop to OpenSea and is actually featured on the OpenSea front page. They have started the mint. The collection is by artist Dave Van Patten and the team are offering access to physical goods like art and in real life events. The collection is about 80% minted out. I'm currently sitting at 0.12 ETH on secondary and the mint is 0.1. And lastly, Azra Games, that was cooking after a smooth mint out. The team is building the game Legions and Legends and the founder is behind EA's top grossing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game. That floor hit 0.4 ETH before pulling back and is now around 0.3. And I also just saw a tweet from Jonah who says that he is bullish on this founder as well, much like Gabriel Layden, but two different styles of leadership. 
Onto crypto, we got BTC at 19K ETH in a sort of 1300 range. So consolidating at these levels. Overall, it is bullish to see the high end of the market is moving well, whether that is for the punks or for fine art. The lower end of the market as well, these free mints with higher supply between 5 and 10K, they're still maintaining momentum and able to hit sort of 0.5 to 1 ETH. So that is great. It doesn't mean mint everything, but if you do mint something, it shows how much liquidity is actually on the sidelines, especially for collections like Tyler Hobbs, and it's just waiting for an opportunity. So we know there are lurkers and they're just waiting to spend. So for now, that 24-hour forecast is clear skies. Back to you, folks. Absolutely fantastic weather report signal. Just some other updates from the Nifty Daily. Monday through Friday, you can subscribe at thenifty.com. Anonymous, the internet hacktivist groups, that's not activist, that's hacktivist, a bunch of hackers, made numerous allegations against who else? Yuga Labs. The group statement includes a laundry list of allegations, including controversial subjects such as Nazism, racism, and uh, this is a new one, pedophilia. Hadn't heard that accusation against Yuga Labs before. Uh, 18-year-old NFT artist Diana Sinclair signed with talent agency UTA and is debuting her collection on Christie's new on-chain platform. Sinclair previously collaborated with Whitney Houston's estate to create an NFT that sold for $1 million. Uh, what a bright future Diana Sinclair is going to have in the space. I had no idea she was 18. Wow. Uh, crypto exchange FTX is reportedly considering bailing out Celsius Network by bidding on the bankrupt lender's assets. Acquiring the assets of Celsius would imply FTX's intent to save the lending firm, similar to what FTX US did for Voyager and that they also did for BlockFi. So SBF, uh, FTX throwing their weight around in this bear market. OpenSea announced it will add support for its six blockchain ethereum layer 2 scaling solution optimism if you remember there was an optimism airdrop that had to do with you using various bridges uh, a few months ago this is following on from polygon and arbitrum which were both added in the last month and last but not least on solana market activity continues to see strong levels as yesterday's number of daily first signers was at 219,000 so we're seeing the growth continue on Solana. That's where new NFT market participants are going more often than other blockchains like the main NFT blockchain, Ethereum. Uh, that's your Nifty Daily Digest, ladies and gentlemen, written by Signal. You can sign up at thenifty.com. Reminder that today we are giving away one of five Wilder Moto. Genesis NFTs, courtesy of today's show's sponsor, Wilder World. You're not going to want to miss this one. Retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Wilder World for a chance to win. Stick around. We're going to be giving them away on the show at the end of the show, and you have to be in the audience to win. Nifty Nick, you have your hand raised. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. Well, I wanted to dive into today's stories, but before we do, you know, I also noticed that was... Uh, surprisingly missing from this is as you described the pump on Solana, you missed the boners. And the boners seem to really be pumping right now on the, uh, it's one of the, it's the third most Excuse popular me? project right now. Excuse no, me? no, he's, he's being legit. There's a yeah. project called the boners. Um, yeah, the boners are pumping. So the, um, 
right now there's 4.2 thousand worth of volume in uh, Seoul. So I was just surprised to see this. It's almost explosive. This is a Boner V2. Uh, welcome to the home of Boner is the description on OpenSea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. No, actually, no. It says the boners oh, no, have been 5, summoned. 5,000 boners is their description. <laughs> yeah, a collection of 5,000 fallen warriors clawing their way, uh, their way back. Well, it's, they messed up. There was a typo. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, I think you're back. looking at the wrong collection. I'm mad no, it's the it. one that's trending at the top. Literally, if you go to the homepage of OpenSea. Yeah, no lie. These you guys are such boomers looking at Solana on OpenSea. Are like, we boomers or boners? Yes. <laughs> Look, I wasn't making a joke, guys. Okay, this was very serious. This was a serious <laughs> subject matter. Um, we can move on from the from it and discuss some of the top stories today, like the fact that uh, owning a an ape Ben uh, makes you a pedophile. <laughs> That's a new one. I didn't whoa, know that. Whoa, shots fired. Do I need to change the PFP? Um, <laughs> it's uh, this thing is like. This story is actually, I didn't see that, but I saw someone comment and reply, and then you respond to them. There's nothing really, like, new here. It's just more allegations without, like, they were like, we're going to hack into them, and and, and we're going to re get ready till we expose the truth. And then their, like, big reveal is more allegations. I, I don't know. It just seems like a is weird... It, wait, is we there sure? a new fake anonymous allegation? Because I remember there was yeah, a fake one that it was came like, out like two months ago. It was like ago. a month ago. And it was like that one of the Facebook pages, but it was actually just like, you know, they it was a certified Facebook page, but not the official anonymous account. It was just named similarly. But... Yeah, I, oh, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, it's well, just Ryder Riffs LARPing again. Well, Ryder was like basically implying, or no, it was Omakase when he was attacking me on stage was essentially effectively, in addition to threatening me, was implying that he's associated with Anonymous. That was like what he was basically saying and and part of the Illuminati. Um, and so <laughs> that's a bold claim. Huh? Like, uh, it's, look, I believe he was you, offended. He was like, yo, I'm offended. And and like, you know, we see what you're what you're doing. And I was like, Jesus, like, <laughs> well, like, well, what, what's okay. Nick doing? Ordering sushi? I don't understand. <laughs> Like, we see what you're doing over there. You're going over to that Bon Me joint. It's like, okay, like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I did go to that Bon Me joint. It was delicious. I got it uh, without the mayo. Uh, yeah. so, um, but real quick, I mean, like, I believe that they're associated with Anonymous. That's like a believable thing. I just think it's hilarious to say that you are you are the Illuminati. That's like such a bold claim. I mean, like, well, first of all, what does that mean? But yeah, go ahead. I don't want to get it in, into them individually. I just thought it was interesting. Like the fact that then this came out made it feel like, okay, I guess I'm official anonymous. Is this a, is this from an official? Yeah, it's the official anonymous account where this got published. But the problem is, is it's not like this video was, here is all the evidence that we've exposed. It was just uh, making more claims. So I guess, I don't know, that, that's just where it got a little bit yeah, weird for me. I think it, it's also worth like the Anti-Defamation League, which is like a Jewish group that's like for going against like people because it's like weirdly Anti-Semitic stuff. It's weirdly yeah. common that people will claim things are anti-Semitic, even things that are run by like Jewish people or Jewish affiliated people. And so the Anti-Defamation League is to me the most like credible organization that's come out about this. And they're, they've basically said that there isn't much credibility to these claims. So to me, until there's a more credible organization that has a more credible claim the other way, it, it's just like this is highly engaging clickbait. And that's kind of all it is. It, it's also like, I don't know if you guys saw the thing going around yesterday 
about Kevin Rose that was just entirely clickbait and someone had just edited a bunch of DMs to like pretend like he was talking with him. At the end, like, he said it was a joke though. Like in the last one, yeah. if you read all the way to the end, it's like, yeah, I just, I just joked with you. I just Yeah, but you. that's so impressive that he got to read like a 15 page thread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's the same thing where like, I, this is just like, it, it's low effort clickbait at this point. Right. The thing, the difference between those two things is one was a legit joke by a guy that's clearly pretty funny. He, for people that don't know, someone wrote a thread about working for Kevin Rose and basically started it saying like, hey, I was really excited about it, then implied that he didn't get paid, which would be a story that we've seen in the NFT space, or the Web3 space before, and ended it with Kevin Rose asking him to send pictures of his feet to him. And then the, the very last one was like, you know, this was a joke. You, you know, you just got like clowned by me, you know, so he, he let everybody know it was a joke. The anonymous thing and like the, the board API club slandering, uh, is not being, uh, communicated as a joke, although it, it basically is. I mean, they're just lighting their actual credibility on fire in my opinion. And at this point it's like a QAnon level, you know, whatever you want to call that, where they just make up bullshit and like a, a fringe group of people believes everything that they say. I mean, the only thing is, is uh, talking shit about anonymous is uh, is is something Risky that business. Most, yeah, you, you probably most people would not want to do that. So I don't know. It's it's just a weird thing. I just thought, particularly from this, the fact that they didn't show any additional evidence was the thing that's weird. But maybe you know, maybe they end up coming up with some new piece of information out of nowhere. It's kind of odd though that like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's. Strange. Has Anonymous ever like uncovered anything in the way that like WikiLeaks did? Like I, I don't know. I, 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 it's more like they seem to more threaten people and take down sites of people who are known violators of things. Like when the um, what were the uh, Panama Papers got leaked, that or or some of these other scenarios. I'm trying to think of situations where they would like take down and deface a website, but that was like after they knew that that person, like someone else had exposed them. I'm not sure of a case where they actually exposed somebody. Yeah, I don't know either. Dadeep has his hand raised. Dadeep, something to weigh in on this? Yeah, I mean, isn't this uh, happening for the second time? Because as far as I remember, something like this did pop up uh, a month or two back. Uh, at that point of time, it was evidently sort of, you know, scattered off as a joke. Like, do you guys think, you know, someone is actively trying to, you know, like have a go at Yuga to tarnish their name or, you know, is it, is it something yes. that's, I mean, that that's entirely what this thing is. I, yeah, I feel this, like this is a continuation of that to deep. This is like the ongoing effort of that. Okay. Like, all right. With, with Ryder rips and stuff. Anyways. Yeah. He had, it's, it's like this initiative of Ryder to defend or um sort of like kind of bring down yuga while sim simultaneously making money off of it so it's, it's i don't know it's all sorts of weird conflicted stuff we don't need to dwell on it i, I just thought that it was um I, I i just thought it was interesting that there's literally nothing new in this it's just more it's kind of like more of the same and now this is like claims without even like it's not even as good of a video as the regardless of what you think that first the, video was that good. 
Yeah, the first video was pretty good. <laughs> like, it was good, like good filmmaking, it, you know? It was, it was like, like pers- it was like pretty persuasive. And you're yeah. like, wow, like, okay, like, <laughs> I guess they are complete racists. Like, I don't know, that, that is, that does make sense. That guy could go, like, go and make stuff for Netflix or something. The guy that made that video, he's definitely really good. But anyway, moving on to the actual, well, there, there you go. They got their press. There's their, their little press, their little media spotlight. Um, anyway, moving on, I got to talk to my man. And Kicks, who, you know, people might not know the history of Kicks. Kicks's original Web3 name was Sophisticated Art Speculator. That was his original name. We would call him Speculator, Sophisticated Art Speculator, also known as SAS. And he was buying uh, art by artists on Nifty Gateway, like Mad Dog Jones, you know, deploying five figures at a time where it was like a badass move to deploy five figures, uh, you know, buying stuff by, I think, Trevor Jones. I know you bought like early artifact stuff in collaboration with Ferocious. Now you're back in the art game after a little bit of a break and you went in and you participated in the Dutch auction of QQL by Tyler Hobbs and Dandelion. And that's a, an absolutely badass move. You got in at 14 ETH. How are you feeling right now that the floor is at 20 ETH? feeling good baby well first of all i feel lucky because i only i had less than 14 and a half eth in my wallet so i wasn't going to be able to buy it unless it got below uh the the dutch auction went to 14 eth and it was at 14.5 and there was you know it was flying we were watching it on the youtube show together um and it hit 14 and as soon as it did i just like spammed the ledger fast gassed it and i actually got 995 out of a holy thousand. shit so i threaded the needle there um at, at the finish line but yeah i mean i just felt like th- there was good volume and and so just in case anyone didn't know like everybody got it for the same price so um even people that like uh minted it at 17 ETH, they got refunded three ETH. it was whatever mm. auction ended at a proper dutch auction yeah proper dutch auction everybody paid you also had the option of like Instead of getting the difference refunded, you could just like mint another one for cheaper. That's why if you notice, you'll see some people and it'll be like they minted it for seven ETH. And you're like, why did they do that? It's because they, they gave you some options. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a well done smart contract. But yeah, I just thought it was uh, a fun opportunity to make a bet. I mean, obviously, everyone knows who Tyler Hobbs is. And um, uh, I, I don't know how many people were around in like December, but there was this project that came out that was uh, called Botto that I, I really, really fell in love with. And basically how Bada worked is like an AI would like generate a bunch of images. And then if you own the Bada token, you'd be able to vote on the images that you like the best. And it was kind of this like community curation to make like uh, better, better work. But um, this is sort of the same, but like a little bit, uh, you know, different. And I, I was just thinking like, because I saw people like K-Dean uh, playing around with the algorithm like all the time. And he was... He was like, you know, outputting this cool stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, so basically I thought like, you know, once people start actually minting these mint passes for some of these rare QQLs or these, you know, QQL outputs, there could be just a lot of excitement around that. I'm not good at like picking that. So I'm going to keep mine as a mint pass for a while. But um, yeah, I I just felt like it was a good bet. I didn't think it would go up this quickly. I thought it was probably going to stay around mint price since we're in a bear market for a little period of time. But uh, yeah, ha- happy to lock in the game. Here I am making 10,000 real quick. Similar, the one distinction with uh, Botto is that, didn't they airdrop us like $15,000? 
That was something that they did back in the day. Yeah. I, I, was it 15,000? I feel like it was, it was a decent amount. Like when they first launched. It depended on what assets you had. I think it was to punk owners and ape owners. Yeah, ape and holders. Yeah. Even if you, no, not even holders though. It was like just if you had transacted in that collection, because I don't think Kix owned an ape at the time, but he still received the airdrop. Oh, and it, okay. That was at a time where Ethereum was well north of 3,000. And I have to think that that airdrop was probably worth a decent amount. It just um, depended on when you sold it. Cause I remember it was like down around like 30 cents for a while. It may have gone all the way up to like three bucks or something stupid. What? I think you and I did something similar where we like sold right away and then like bought back in. You went big though. You like really bought into Botto like with the tokens. And for a while we were all staking um, Botto cause it had, as we're now familiar, yield of a depreciating asset—the <laughs> best not, thing ever. <laughs> you just print money. It's five hundred percent interest while the while the asset drops by ninety percent. Yeah. Well, I want to hear from Signal, Spencer, and Node all on QQL. QQL is, in my eyes, the biggest story of the NFT market right now, and probably and the punk sale. And the, the sure the punk sale, um, but we know what punks are, and and you know obviously there's been big sales of punks, and we should we should talk about it. But QQL is, in my opinion, the most important you know story in the NFT market right now. Uh, I'll let Node go. Node is the host of Node Mode, which is the art focused podcast on the Nifty Network. Uh, Node, what are your thoughts on QQL? Did you participate? No, but I did watch you guys uh, yesterday on the YouTube and I almost, you know, had a heart attack trying to listen to you all talk about something that you had no idea about. And then <laughs> Kix is like, hey, I just bought one for 14. I bet you I can sell it for 20. Just like a boss. He just like knew exactly what to do, uh, even though it didn't seem clear to any of you on this on the live stream what the project was actually about, which is hilarious. Uh, but I will say we don't care about that. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Clearly, you know, we, pu they pull it up and Nick is like, what is this? What am I looking at here? When do these reveal? Like these are all mint passes and whoever holds the mint pass gets to decide they can wait as long as they want. They could hold the mint pass for 20 years and then at some point generate an output that they like, uh, and then, you know, mint it and decide that that's the one they want to mint. Uh, or they could choose one from somebody else. So there's just some clarification there for your own edification, Nick. I don't know if you learned that over the last 24 hours. No, uh, I had a quick question about that. It, do they have a way to prevent duplicates? Uh, what do you mean by duplicates? Like uh, every every output is is unique. But you said you could pick someone else's output. Yeah. So they they said they're working on a mechanism to whereby somebody that had like anybody anybody can go to the QQL site right and generate outputs. Uh, and there will be a mechanism by which they, that somebody that owns a mint pass can buy an output from another individual. Uh, but again, everything's, I mean, everything's on chain, right. And everything has, has a unique identifier. So, uh, there, I don't, I don't see how there'd be any, any kind of duplicates because everything's there, you know, it's associated with your wallet address and it's all part of the, part of the code base. So. Note, I'm really surprised that you didn't participate. Uh, well, I, you know. I, I I told this to my arch nemesis Ryan Carson the other day. You know, <laughs> he he he's been flaunting the fact that he's going to drop another Milski, you know, another million in October for with his fund. Uh, and I told him I've got about ten thousand that I'm gonna 
10,000 bucks I'm going to drop in my September node fund. And so this was a little bit outside of my range. I, I, I basically said, if this goes under 10 ETH, I'll, 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 I'll scoop. Um, I kind of, I'm, I'm at this point where I'm trying to be disciplined and not throw all my ETH away in two seconds because I don't have that much left. Uh, so my, my kind of arbitrary rule is not to spend more than uh, nine ETH on anything for the time being. And so if it got that low, I was going to scoop, but uh, I kind of knew it wasn't going to get there. So congrats to Kix, who literally said yesterday, oh, yeah, I knew this, I know this will get to 20 ETH. And lo and behold, a day later, it's a 20 ETH. So I think the play is to definitely just hold the mint pass you know, like you, you've got the rest of your life if you want to try and generate something amazing. And if you don't, uh, and if you don't want to generate it, you know, you've got to imagine if this gets big over time, then, you know, big people like, uh, you know, like Kevin Rose, for sure, I'm, I'm sure he snags some. And then, you know, anyone that is uh, a big deal, uh, you know, and decides that Tyler Hobbs uh, is going to be a big artist, they're going to want to kind of put their stamp on the collection. So they're going to want to generate something and say, hey, I made this one uh, and have it associated with them. So, Yeah, you'll also probably see people that have relationships with artists almost like, quote unquote, commission the artist. Like, let's say someone's really f good friends with, you know, whoever, Victor Mosquera or something, Mosquera, and, uh, and you know, th they get him involved so that he can you know, put out his output. And we actually saw some art blocks, artists actually buying in on the secondary. So that's really cool. So I think that this collection is incredible. Spencer, I know that you did participate and you did buy, did you buy one or more than one? I bought eight of these. Oh <laughs> shit. Spencer. Good God. He, he wow. tweeted about it. Yes. I missed, I missed the tweet, buddy. So I, I like, I, was expecting these to mint. Like I, I tweeted, that I expected these to mint in like the fifteen to twenty-five range. I was shocked when they went below fifteen. Um, and one of the things that was crazy too was like, if you saw, there was actually a failed transaction at the end um, when they went to fourteen, where Machi Big Brother tried to put like two hundred ETH in at fourteen. Um, and so Machi Big Brother, for those who don't know, is the guy who sold the Mega Mutant the day before for a million bucks for like a thousand ETH. Uh, it was like a little bit more than a thousand ETH or something. Um, so he's got ETH to spend. And so he was sweeping them up. He then went and bought what was crazy to me though is like like a Dutch auction, the way they did it, is supposed to capture all of demand. And like when if you saw on like um on the way that when Doodles did the bucket drop, it was like pretty similar in that like you, so like I, I for example, like I like put, you know, like it was like 120 ETH in at like when they were at like twenty eight or like 30 ETH and then I got no it was like 30 ETH and then I basically got to double that from four outputs to eight outputs when it went to 15 ETH and then it went to 14 and I got refunded and so like it should capture demand perfectly so I was just kind of really surprised at the end that there was so much additional demand on secondary and especially the amount of like transaction volume that's gone on when there's a seven percent crater fee plus a 2.5 percent marketplace fee um, and you could get around that still on PseudoSwap, even though they locked X2Y2. I'm not a huge fan of the idea of locking X2Y2. I get why Tyler Hubs did it. It was to kind of make a, it was to make a statement. Um, it just, I, I don't know. It, it feels like a, a strange thing to lock X2Y2, but not lock PseudoSwap. Um, so that was that. But like the amount of demand and interest above the mint price, like all these people who are paying 19 and 20 right now, like, did they not, were they unaware of the auction? Were they, 
not prepared for it was like it's just interesting to me to see that there was all this excess demand which the auction didn't capture um but it's also bullish where like between this and the other sale like i i've always had this strong sneaking suspicion that there's a large number of people with a lot of eth and a lot of stable coins that are like sitting patiently staring at the nft market just waiting for their moment to enter when they feel comfortable buying the dip and like if those people don't exist then we're all screwed like this is all going to zero we can't to say in the long run at the, at the volumes we're at. But the fact that there was like $25 million, which is like five times the entire OpenSea volume the day before between them and in this market, like that's nuts. Like that's so, so exciting, so bullish. And I think it's a lot of people who are like similar. Like this is why I aped so hard on this was I was just like, look, like, you know, if you sat here and you're like, I had an option to mint mutant apes. I had the, you know, I missed the opportunity to mint mutant apes. I missed the opportunity to mint Fidenzas. And then you don't mint QQL. It's like, I don't know. It just felt obvious. And it's easy to like compare it to two Fidenzas because there's, you know, the 100 ETH market cap on Fidenzas. I think it's reasonable to think that it, a, another collection by Tyler Hobbs of the same size, you know, 25 ETH is like a quarter of the price of a Fidenza. Like that, that makes sense to me. And then like, this is, in, uh, sorry if this long rant, but this is the last point is that, um, you know, a mega mutant serum, like, Opening a Mega Mutant Serum on stream is like the most exciting thing you can do in content creation world in, in Web three, right? Like I think that uh, that's pretty pretty true. I, I think, I'm gonna disagree with that one. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna make that argument. Well, I agreed with everything that, until that Spencer. <laughs> I, I, I think that minting a QQL is gonna be like the like revealing a Mega Mutant Serum of like the next couple of like months. Yeah, and Spencer, years. Spencer, have you seen like the rank of black boxes? Like the same thing happened with those, you know. Yeah, uh, no, I think Spencer, I think I think you are right about about that that this could become a thing where it's like, "Oh, a QQL is going to get minted because let's say there's 700 of these things that are made, so then there's like, you know, 300 left over. Um those 300 are going to take some time and the same thesis, you know, uh Kicks just brought up Renga, the same thesis there which is the unrevealed box is worth more than the revealed asset because of the unknown and this the speculative um space you could say that is left there because maybe it's a rare who knows what it is blah 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 so if i owned this i would 100% hold the mint passes if i didn't have a relationship with a really notable artist like let's say you you know beeple and you can get beeple to do an output and everybody's going to know that that's a beeple output i would do that that's incredible right um nick you were going to say something otherwise i'm going to throw to a signal no, I don't think so. I, I actually uh, agree fundamentally that the reveal of this will be pretty exciting. And I, I didn't realize when when I had seen a lot of people generating QQLs, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But then when I when I went to the website, I'm like, oh damn! Like a lot of these look pretty incredible. Um, now I'm pissed that I, I didn't participate alongside Kicks with this uh, purchase. Just seems like a big mess. Yeah, you know it happens. Uh, Signal, go ahead. Yeah, pretty much everyone's covered my points at the, by now. But uh, yeah, no, it's funny. I was thinking about this last night and I was like, damn, this is so much EV here in like in in different ways. The fact that they're deflationary, the fact of the, of, of the creator. And then I was thinking about as well, any it, it's not even in, it, it's not even another artist like people could come in and then. Uh, make a piece and then that piece um, would have value is the fact that because it can bring all these people in it has that butterfly effect so if you have somebody like 
I don't know, Murakami decides that he wants to do a, a piece. It uplifts the entire collection, not just that one piece. And also any company or brand can also use these pieces. And so many of these brands are like scratching their heads. Like, how do we signal to the market that we're serious about Web3? And if they want to do it in an art way, coming in with a mint pass and creating a piece, which is like, this is the, ad I don't want to say Adidas because they're already here, um, but um Oh, my brain has gone blank for a brand, but any brand can come in and say, you know, this is our Web3 art strategy and we're partnering with QQL. There's just so much EV here that, yeah, afterwards I was scratching my head and I was like, damn, yeah, this is such an obvious buy. So Kicks, well, I think this one's going to really pay off in the next 12 months. Yeah, this one's absolutely electric. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, reminder that we're giving away five Wilder Moto Genesis NFTs on the show, courtesy of today's sponsor, Wilder World. Those have a 0.44 ETH floor. You're not going to want to miss this one. Retweet the tweet that's pinned at the top and follow Wilder World for a chance to win. We're going to be giving them away at the end of the show. Um, you know, when I look at the NFT market right now, we saw the, the other big story besides QQL is the massive sale on a CryptoPunk, right? A multi-million dollar sale on a CryptoPunk. So in this quote-unquote bear market, you're seeing a lot of action uh, now at the top end of the market. But some other stories, if I look at the top 10 collections on Open the other day, which is uh, A16Z-backed gaming project that's been in the works for uh, quite a bit of time, that's at 0.35 ETH right now with 51% unique owners. And that's including uh, the, the very large you know, bag that the founders or, or the organization itself is holding. And then after you get through BAYC and everything, you get back to Renga. Renga has quietly uh, just, people have just been accumulating. It's at 1.3 ETH. Its unique ownership, correct me if I'm wrong, Kicks or anybody that's been watching Renga, has actually been going down, which is what you see sometimes when people add to their positions and the sort of whales and smart money clearly think that this is still interesting. And then you have some new stuff like Cloud Machine. I see a lot of discussion of in our Discord. I believe Zeneca bought in. That's by an artist named Dave Van Patten, who seems to be, uh, he's an LA-based artist that focuses on music, like collaborating with musicians and collaborating with brands. So we should maybe discuss whether that's like a background that'll be explosive in the NFT space. Um, and then some some really low-end stuff like Beep Boop Box, which had really big volume. Um, it's one of those kind of free mint things. People are participating in that one. It's one of those situations where it has like 14% unique ownership, insanely low. So it's probably not as legit as other stuff that we talked about. It's probably a situation where a few people minted it out for free and now they're probably, you know, screaming from the rooftops to try to get the word out on it so that they can, you know, dump bags on other people. Easy as his hand raised, easy, what's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Asward Games thing. It was Magic Eden's first ETH launch that was not from like a secondary collection of an existing project. And I was shocked. It was a free mint. It cost me like $4 to mint with gas. Uh, so there wasn't even a gas board despite them over allocating the whitelist supply. And I mean, I was just pleasantly surprised about the experience. It was extremely smooth for Magic Eden, which seems like they're stepping pretty heavy into the ETH side of things. Their front page now has popular collections from both Soul and ETH and cross-references those as well. So... Just a little bit on that.
Yeah, I mean, Magic Eden continuing to make progress uh, and try to just narrow the gap between them and OpenSea. If anything, I, I almost feel like Magic Eden is lighting a fire under OpenSea's ass a little bit. Um, you know, with this Cloud Machine uh, NFT collection, you know, the, the fine art side of the market has been a subject of this show for months at this point. There's been fine art participants that got in. You know, one of our sponsors last week, Live Art, they had uh, uh, Wang Yujing, who had posted an $8 million auction sale in the traditional art world and additional seven-figure sales. He came in. There was apparently like a gas war. I mean, that thing sold out like lickety split and it's trading uh, at or near value right now on the secondary. So interesting to see how collectors value that one. Then uh, another former sponsor, the, the Haas brothers from the, the uh, traditional art world, they experienced a pump on their multi-beast project. That's now pulling back. That's now below the mint price at 0.08 ETH. So it's interesting to see the way that the market is kind of valuing these couple things because you see a lot of value being placed on Tyler Hobbs realistically because he's like kind of the number one Web3 native or NFT native digital artist uh, in the world. I think it's fair to say besides maybe Beeple, um, there's probably a couple of other names that you can throw in there. But then the fine art folks aren't aren't necessarily coming in at the same way. And then you got Cloud Machine, which is an artist, uh, you know, partnering with like musicians and stuff. You know, no eight million dollar sales at Christie's or Sotheby's. It'll be interesting to see how that's perceived by the market. Mikey, you have your hand raised. Something to weigh in on this? Um, well, it was more on the on the point of gaming and the Azure Games thing. Uh, I, I've been losing money the past couple days, but I got super distracted from losing money by starting Gods Unchained. Um, I know Easy maybe Easy was doing it too, and uh, but like for the larger market of gaming NFTs, it did sober me up a little bit because it's been around a while and it was it's it's super like I'm loving playing it, but I'm getting to buy all of these NFTs off of people for. 14 cents, 28 cents, a dollar. And uh, and I think that's the hard part here is that like this fully polished finished game does not necessarily mean that people that were around three years ago buying these NFTs necessarily are making bank off of it. And like it does sober me up a little bit about the I made the mistake yesterday of buying Azure games at the top, so I still lost money on that, but like it sobered me up to this idea of why would I invest really early on these games when they're not out. Um, when in reality, by the time you get mass adoption, probably most people have capitulated and the prices, you know, uh, the prices have gone way down. So I just think like this is a perfect example of a product that ends up getting to that level of mass adoption or fun in the game. And by that point, the value of the NFTs have come down to like a normal price. So, so it's kind of simultaneously I'm having fun, but it's also sobered me up to the idea of trying to be really early to these projects because you end up with a whole bunch of time later to just buy everything for cheaper. Yeah, good insight. Kicks, you have your hand raised. Anything to add? Yeah, sorry. I was just uh, downloading Gods Unchained because um, I'm getting into that too with Mike and uh, Easy. But yeah, just uh, what Micah said is, is just like 100% um, spot on. And we were talking about Azure on the show yesterday and whether I was going to buy in at those prices. And that's why I was saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to wait because yeah, what, what he, like what Mike is basically saying is that there's a ton of speculation, especially with new projects. And then just the gravity of time is going to 
you know, bring these prices to where they, they should be at. And in creators like God, God's Unchained, they have some control over, um, uh, you know, the expected value of things like cards in a, in a card game based on how much they charge for like a pack to open. Uh, but then after that, it's really like the, you know, just the secondary market, the speculation can go completely wild. I remember another card game that I'm surprised is still not out despite raising hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's parallel on, on Ethereum mainnet. And I remember some of the rare cards were going for like, uh, like 69 ETH or like 100 ETH. And I'm just doing the math in my head. I'm like, dude, no one's okay. First of all, no one's going to play a game where they're going to lose a card game where they're going to lose to someone that has a quarter million dollar card every time. Like no, no normal person is going to be like, oh, that's fun for me. Like I like to really try hard in this game. And then this guy just drops down a quarter million dollar card and beats me. Right. And so like, that's when I started selling a lot of my parallel because uh, it doesn't make sense. And what Mike is like, most cards are like under a dollar. You know what I mean? Like a lot of cards are under 10 cents. It's like, the like a rare card in a set is maybe like 10 15 bucks right like a super super rare historical card can maybe be worth a couple of thousand dollars but when you look into the nft space like you know a, a lot of nft uh, pro projects like they're at a couple thousand dollars just for any any asset so yeah you really have to like understand what the game is trying to be and then like what the asset how the assets are going to be in the ecosystem and what they should be like cost like what they should cost like a super popular card game like gods and change is trying to be like yeah like if you're buying into this and the average card costs 10 bucks you got to know that's going to drop by like 90 percent before it gets um to mass adoption but there will be games out there that are niche games that are almost like ultra high net worth games right where like all the assets in the game are thousands of dollars but they're not intending to play with other like uh, with a million other normies they're intending to play this almost like chess for rich people kind of game so you just have to understand uh like what you're getting into like the azra thing it's like basically they positioned it almost as like a studio access pass so you're going to be able to play any game that comes out of the studio also you're probably going to get nft rewards and stuff like that so when you look at the price point you're like 450 bucks like if i was going to go buy like a normal triple a game it's gonna cost me like 50 bucks so are these guys going to produce like 10 great games and that's how i'm going to get the value back on my pass or are they going to create a couple great games but i'm going to get like you know nft airdrops out of this pass and i think that um, as we get more mature in NFT gaming, like uh, speculators will also become more mature at like understanding what's good and bad prices. Yeah, I, I like the comparisons to traditional markets, but I don't like one to one comparisons. So on both of those, you just made two comparisons. You made the comparison of like a card, a digital card game like Gods Unchained to a traditional card game like Magic the Gathering, and then a digital game studio or, or Web3 game studio, I should say, like Azure Games and the games that they might put out versus a traditional AAA studio, right? So with the, the Magic the Gathering thing, I'm a firm believer that digital is better. Right, just like your, and I say this all the time. Probably going to make a meme out of it. Your iPhone is better than the the phone that your grandma had. Right? It's just it, you got a GPS on it. You can watch a movie on it. Whereas the old phone could just make a call. I believe and, and kicks. I'd love to know your opinion on this. Let's say just pretend Magic: The Gathering came into Web three. They just put their whole you know gaming ecosystem onto Web three, so you can do the same thing. All the players are interested in 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 playing the game digitally. Do you believe that the digital assets would be worth more than the physical ones? Well, it, it's actually wild that you bring this up. Magic: The Gathering was very early to making Magic: The Gathering online. 
And it was, it literally, it was like you had full ownership of the digital cards and you could trade them between other accounts. There was literally whole companies built around people being able to trade their digital Magic the Gathering accounts. Funny story, uh, we all know uh, Mount Gox, right? With the big Bitcoin stand. Oh, yeah, that was originally a Magic the Gathering thing. Yeah, MTG, Magic yeah. the Gathering. MTGO, which is Magic the Gathering online. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then Magic the Gathering, they've gone complete. They pretty much abandoned the old version and they created Magic the Gathering Arena, which is a, a lot better of a game engine. But you have you you can't sell the cards. There's no secondary market whatsoever. And so you're 100% right, PL. There would be a massive opportunity for like like people want a card game where they actually have a digital card game where they actually have digital ownership of the cards. That's going to be super valuable. The argument over whether like digital holds more value or not, um, I think generally, yes. I mean, there's some things like like real life cards can get lost or they can, uh, you know, get ripped or torn and stuff like that. And so it can make like degradation. Yeah, so it can make like historical cards worth more, right? Because there's just like less supply. But then also with it being online, you have like instant worldwide liquidity and stuff like that. So you can see every sale on a particular card ever. You could build your own scripts to do analysis on the the price history of so, a card. Go ahead, Spencer. So yeah, so I play this game like a ton, <laughs> and I specifically I play the one where you can trade. <laughs> you the must cards. be you must be bursting at the seams. Yeah. I'm over here talking about something you do all the time. You're like, I gotta say something. Go so so here's the thing though is like <laughs> you're trying to make the argument that the digital things should be worth more. The digital um, cards are and always have been worth pennies on the dollar to the physical cards. Is really interesting. But so are they ahead of their time and they're not proper? Like they're not what they eventually would be with blockchain integration. So this is a, this is actually a good example of I don't think it matters if they're on chain or not on chain. Like they're still transactable. You can get to U.S. dollars really easily from them. Like MTGO tickets is the currency you in, exchange in, and they're like one ticket is like ninety four cents, like very reliably if you want to sell them uh, to like U.S. dollars. And so like I, I don't know. I like and you know and I think I agree with Kicks that like the most expensive Magic card is like an Alpha Black Lotus. It's like 70 to 150 grand if it's alpha versus beta. Um, and no trading card in like NFT, I think, should ever be worth more than an alpha black lotus. And then also, like, if you if you look, like there is a format in Magic called Vintage where you need like the uh, to play it in, in paper mat in like physical cards is like 50 to 100 grand for a deck. Like now it's a really small community, but it's a very high end community that plays it, right? And it's like that is supported by most of people playing Magic play Standard or Modern or Pioneer, one of the other formats where you're, where a deck runs maybe like $150 to $1,000. Now, online, it's interesting to see there's been a lot of adoption of their new client, Arena, which is much nicer looking. It's better for streaming. But most of the people who play like hardcore will actually still play on the old client. And so it's just it's been interesting to see there's been a huge decay since they launched the new client of the market cap of the cards on the old client, but it's not totally decayed and it's still like larger than people would think. But like, I think I agree with kicks. Like people have to be realistic in understanding that like your most bullish case is that you are like on par maybe with magic because magic has like, you know, it's from 1993, right? So it's been around for quite a while. It's have an established price history a lot of people who on the pro poker circuit play it. A lot of finance people play it. Like Susquehanna Investment Group, like almost everyone who trades there, it, like used to be a pro 
poker uh, throw magic player and they're one of the best hedge funds like there's a lot of overlap and so that's part of the reason that the price of the rare cards is so high but also the interesting thing in magic is that like oftentimes like there are basic lands so there's a promo ones called guru lands and guru basic lands cost a thousand dollars a piece you can get a basic land for like literally a cent but and they do the same functional thing in the game but just like having the pimped out rarer shiny version it has a huge premium and that's where most of the really high-end cards in magic are are there so, high-end versions of of cards that you don't need to pay the high-end amount to be able to play with so mtg for those that aren't uh, familiar is an acronym for meeting because a lot of people don't like typing it out m-e-e-t-i-n-g <laughs> so that's what i do and the the, the only other thing i was going to say i don't want to take away from the magic the gathering conversation but um the other thing was pio was disrespecting my grandma a lot of people didn't pick up on that <laughs> earlier, but he was talking about her phone not being as good as the iPhone. You clearly, P.O., have not used a high-end rotary phone. Those things <laughs> absolutely kill it, and I, I highly recommend owning one. I'm sure people would trade in their newfangled Apple iPhone for one of those rotary phones. No, did you have your hand raised? Something to contribute? Uh, not on Magic the Gathering. So if Micah does, uh, I'll, I will see the stage. Today. No, I feel like I've, no, I feel well, like we, we want to move on from Go ahead, no. Yeah, okay. Go ahead okay. Well, I wanted to give a shout out to Antfex in the audience, who uh, I forgot to mention was one of the winners of the QQL contest, and he is an avid listener of the show. So, shout out to Antfex. So, if you don't remember, you know Hobbs, Tyler Hobbs, and, and Dandelion as part of the process, they did a contest where you know that if you if you everyone got to submit uh, their QQL output, and uh, they chose like the top top nine there were three different judges dc was one emily shia was another and i forget the third um but they uh anfex was one of the winners so shout out to anfex because that is just awesome he won a mint pass uh so would love to know uh what they decided to do there uh with their with their winnings um and then beyond that i just had a question for the for the crew like we had a couple giant sales uh you know uh, an, an ape sale and then the punk ape sale does anybody know who actually bought those uh well i've been waiting to announce it no and i'm glad that you uh, brought <laughs> this up uh your boy's now the proud owner of an eight punk uh just dropped 4.5 million dollars yesterday i've been waiting on this i was just saying you know we got to take this show to a new level and uh you know with me putting all of my money into an ape it would just be huge so thank you for queuing that up note in case you're wondering everyone that is where all the funds of the nifty portal proceeds have gone we are now the proud owners i actually i actually Monday. think i actually think that that transaction actually i don't think i know that transaction is more money than we have actually as, yes. as, as oh, a company shit. so yeah <laughs> some assholes just rich as hell and went and bought a, a punk for more than our whole company's balance sheet screw that guy no i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> I'm actually wondering, I mean, th this will be, I feel like the, the magic, the gathering, the discussion of games, the discussion of uh, assets in, in those ecosystems is quite a relevant thing as it applies to our sponsor today. So that, that's, uh, there's some solid overlap um, on that front. But I also, did you, Pia, have you checked out the latest uh, version of their site? Of whose site? Magic the Gathering? 
No, our sponsor, Wilder World. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. All right. Well, here's the, yeah. So, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you retweet the tweet that's pinned to the top and follow Wilder World for a chance to win because we're going to be giving away five Wilder Moto Genesis NFTs. Nick, uh, what do you think? Do you think you and me could chef up, uh, you know, a a, a, like kind of cinematic site like this? Just the, just the two of us. What do you think? Yeah, probably in a couple of weeks. Looks like it was a small investment made in this, and uh, yeah, that they haven't been working on it for very long. But I'm I'm curious to hear you know from their end whether or not that was the case. But in all seriousness, I mean, we haven't seen we've seen a lot of high production uh, stuff in well uh, to to say a lot. We've been seeing more people with production experience, but I'd say Wilder World happens to be one of the um one of the like highest production. Uh, value that w- that we have uh, in in this space when compared to like I see 10ktf producing stuff but when you go to their site it's not it's not about that it's about the um it's uh, for for that they've built sort of a gamified interaction on the site wilder world is completely different and I think the teasers at least the ones that I was watching last year and I'm curious to hear about the background um, were, were uh, kind of these uh, beautiful sort of 3d landscapes um, that were being uh, created. And it sounded like maybe there was some intention, and I don't know, uh, you all can speak to this. Uh, the, the artists in the space and the OG crypto people were, were heavily compelled um, by this project among, among many. And I don't know like the source of where, the, where this came from. So I mean, I, I'd strongly be curious to hear that because uh, it has a ton of overlap as well. We can get into the assets, but like, what was the, what was the founding of Wilder World? Yo yo, what's good? Shout out to the NFT Morning Show. Thank you for attending the Wilders, and um, we've got Sunshine and Phoenix up here as well. So yeah, the founding of Wilder World. Great question. Um, it really dates back to I've been doing digital art for over ten years and been living that anon life, which was not all that popular back then. So, um, but yeah, my brother and I, we actually lived in, in Silicon Valley for about a decade and just really had an interest in, in crypto. He was more on the development side of um, like early DAOs and things like that. And I was doing digital art and um, had some friends in the early Ethereum community that were working for consensus and um, yeah, uh, ended up being proposed to create an NFT in 2018 for the Ethereal Summit, which was, um, it was the Codex auction at the 2018 Ethereal Summit. So created an NFT then and launched it and it sold for like just under eight ETH, a punk at that auction, actually the same auction that's on YouTube. If you search, um, codex 2018 ethereal summit, I think a punk sold for like one and a half ETH at that time. So yeah, just was super interested in tech and digital art and really saw that like this new innovation was kind of a great opportunity to really give the power back to the creatives and, um, that's been kind of like a core thesis that has guided us until now. Incredible. Did so, you, b- b- out of curiosity, and, and Nick, just uh, hold on one second. Say, I, w- I want to hear your question. Did you buy NFTs at that time? I didn't. Like, I was just like, what is a crypto kitty? And so <laughs> the crypto kitties were all the rage back then. And um, 
Yeah, so I was more so um, making NFTs and then it wasn't all that sustainable and was, again, that was like ICOs and that was the the kind of wave then. So, but again, it, it, it kind of like piqued my interest and um, yeah, I, I really, um, Neo and I were kind of like the artist and the architect of uh, Wilder World and Zero, our, our sister company. And we, we, yeah, just went pretty much full, full heads deep at that point and then went through the, the winter and um, obviously things really started to pick up again uh, in like October of 2020. So it just felt like a good time to really like officially launch Wilder World at that time. And we did, um, we did our initial, our, our um, ICO at in May of 2021 so really leading up to that um and we launched that on poka starter so that was really what we were focused on at that point okay so the ico um what was what is that what funded all of this yeah so we've done several <clears throat> and i guess just for for context for anyone here who might not be familiar wilder world's a 5d immersive metaverse and it's made entirely of nfts um, and the, the story of Wilder World begins in Miami, um, which exists in a parallel dimension. And the goal is to create a thriving full-scale virtual metropolis. Um, and we've actually partnered with the city of Miami. So it's kind of like our own artistic interpretation, but it is true to size. Um, so that's 1,024 kilometers squared, which is roughly 13 and a half times the size of GTA. So very large kind of immersive map. And we're using um, a lot of open source information to kind of influence the design of the city, um, real open city data, and then procedural generation. And really like a lot of the 3D assets Nick spoke about, these are all really NFTs within Wilder World that have utility that are kind of represented by different industries that are akin to real life. So we have Wilder Wheels, which is our, our cars, and that kind of represents the automotive industry. Um, so you can see that on OpenSea and all the proceeds. So we did a mint for Wilder Wheels about a year ago. So we brought in a good amount of capital through that. And then we also, yeah, did our IDO on Pokestarter and we did a private token sale. Um, so that happened through two separate events. And um, yeah, we, we brought in about 33 million in capital through our, our wild um, token sale. And so how large is the team at this point? And the other thing I'm wondering about is like, are there games within this world or sort of like what, what's the um, when will be the first sort of interaction for uh, users where they can uh, go, go into this world and set uh, man, I'm, I'm actually giving you a flood of questions. Let's just start with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally dumb. Nick's been waiting since 20, 2017. So yeah. So yeah, let's start with the first one. Uh, which was like, is are there games inside of this, or is this just a, um, is this more comparable to like a 
I mean, I guess Decentraland has games in the sense that there's like casinos and stuff, but how, how are you thinking about that? Nice. Um, yeah, so the, the first game is Wilder Wheels, which is a racing game. So um, really, like, you know, GTA traveling is such a thing in an open world. And for us, we really wanted to lean into that. And we also saw that, like, there wasn't many car projects in the metaverse. So um, racing is the first game. So you'll be able to race your NFTs for pink slips, team racing, um, kind of like car club vibes. And then there's a series of different micro games we'll be rolling out and um, it will all kind of be like quest based and you'll be able to earn through, through playing those games. So like, wild the wild token powers wilder world um and that will be like the utility token within the the wilder metaverse what, Go ahead. In ter- when you're seeing uh, this is a uh, not the direction i was planning on going on but but when you see something like other deeds or other side and uh the platform that they're building on i'm blanking on the name of uh of what it is at the moment but the uh yeah, improbable. Yeah, when you're when you're looking at something like that, how are you all um, it, on the on the tech side? How are you all approaching this? And uh, I know that it's like a common thing to be like simultaneous users. Is that like really a focus for you all or no? Yeah, I think this is like the biggest thing which is overlooked uh, for the space as a whole, and it's just it's really a matter of how how technology progresses. So, right, if if you think about like you know. Um, streaming, like there used to be really people were were trading on peer-to-peer kind of networks with LimeWire and whatever, and that was MP3s, and you had to download those to your local machine. And then, you know, bandwidth speeds got fast enough where we could then stream. And this is where we saw like, you know, Netflix and all these companies emerge from. So I kind of see it like that. It is a huge problem, and it's currently everyone's problem. But there's a lot of energy, time, and focus to, um, in the space as a whole, going to like server infrastructure and, yeah, how many concurrent players you can have, how 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 data is loading um, across servers and across different people who are hosting these things. So definitely a huge part of of like the metaverse becoming a reality. It's maybe less exciting and interesting, but. Um, yeah, those are like the pipes, if you will. So, absolutely. I mean, just just to add to that quickly. Sorry, Nick. Uh, yeah, and we're also built on Unreal Engine Five, which separates us from everyone in the game. We're focusing on the photorealism, and this is this is what's gonna what's gonna change the game, make it really real for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it looks sick. If uh, if you haven't checked it out, you can just go to wilderworld.com and uh, check out the video trailers on the site. Check out just the website i mean it, it looks it looks immaculate check out um, the assets on OpenSea. i'm i'm just real quick yeah. nick i want to hear your question but I, I noticed this yesterday uh the cars so like the if in the the original collection just wilder world the cars are so sick like the level of detail it's like such a sick 3d asset and i mean the the uh the real estate side is really really dope too and the other assets the shoes i'm just blown away by the cars because i just love like the design and the coloring and everything and all of them just look like people like really really worked hard on the art so i just want to throw that out there it's not it's not a question. It's just like me commending Thanks. you guys oh, yeah, thank for you. the art. Thank <laughs> you, Pio. Yeah, you should see it. 
from inside and out, it's every single detail. They're a complete car, so you'll be able to race them. And as Frank said, for pink slips, and we'll be able to gamify that. And all the trailers, all the content that we're putting out is shot in engine. So this gives you a, a great idea of, of what we're looking at for Wilder World. How, how many uh, people are on your team now? Nice. Yeah, I wanted to go back to that. Um, so speaking to the – there's currently – just shy of 150 people across 30 countries. So um, one, what was cool being kind of in the middle of COVID when we really ramped up, it was like we're kind of natively this this distributed Web3 organization. And um, speaking to just the the quality, I, I really appreciate the kind words, P.O., but um, we've we've assembled like a super talented group of people which to me personally is the thing that inspires me most um and to name a few we have Gobi, who's our lead concept designer he was working um in production before and has worked on films like the matrix dune blade runner so again super super high quality talent um we have mariana who formerly left zaha hadid um she's in charge of all of our urban um, design for Miami. So really like building out the city, um, and the architecture. So we're literally bringing in, you know, people who are from all these different industries. Um, Chad Knight is another notable one. He's a, you know, a very notable figure in the NFT space. He was the head of 3d at Nike. He's now doing the head of design at Wilder world. So we're really focused on, bringing together the best creatives and producing the most high quality assets that are fully game ready metaverse integrated and have full utility. And I think, yeah, just like the people who are coming to wilder world kind of speaks for itself in terms of the, the quality. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely epic. Nick, it's not a, did you have another question? I mean, I, I can I can keep asking questions. What when is the? I, I don't uh, like to I don't like to bottle <laughs> Nick's inspiration. If Nick's inspired, I let it rip. I'm ready to rock at all times. Uh, you know, Nick's like a car that you can't start, which is a lot different than these Wilder World cars. I'll tell you that. No, I'm just Nick wants to rock. <laughs> Pass the ball. Nick, um, I've, got a, I've got a question for you, Nick. Yeah. Who would you race for pink slips in Miami with your Wilder wheel? <laughs> Who would I race for pink slips? I've never even heard the term pink slips. To, to you never watched of- Grease? Grease Lightning, dude? <laughs> oh, on, and, and I, it, the pink slips that I think about are the ones that are traded, uh, like stocks that are off the market. But uh, in terms of racing, I mean, I guess you got to go with someone who's like a F1 race car driver or something. I'm a big fan of those uh, Netflix that's F1 who you shows. want to race, Nick? You want to go and lose your car to an F1 guy? <laughs> well, it's a virtual world, so I feel like I at least got like a, sli- a sliver of a chance. Wow, that's a that's the most bold response I think of, I've ever heard to a question. It's like, hey, who do you want to bet okay, your I'm house sorry. against? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, P.O. Okay, I want to crush P.O. as well. P.O., <laughs> who do you got, P.O.? Who am I going to race? I'm going to race Easy because I think Easy will get distracted by a new Solana Mint or something and forget that he's in the race and I'll be able to sneak it by him. I think if he was dialed in, he would whip my ass, but I'm banking on his ADD. I'm I'm wondering in this uh, interactive, when you say 5D, it... Will this exist within like a headset as well? Or like how, what's the interface? Am I doing it on my computer? Where, Where is it? 
Yeah, we're going to start with desktop and then everything in Unreal, you can make it kind of like multi-console. So it will all be made to be VR ready. Um, but we're really focusing on like getting the experience. And then once you kind of have things ready, um, it's still a lift, but you know, it's all, it's all compatible for, for different consoles, but we're focused on desktop to begin with. What is the monetization of something like this look like? I mean, right now, obviously it's a massive investment. Um, when you, when you build something, uh, on this front, you also, um, like outside, so you have the NFTs. Is it basically, is it, Hey, secondary transactions are going to power this. Is it the issuing of new tokens? Uh, like what, what's the, uh, model once this is live? And real quick, uh, I, I can't wait to hear Frank's response, but real quick, ladies and gentlemen, this is your last chance to retweet the tweet that's pinned Let's to the go. top and follow Wilder World. I'm going to start drawing winners while Frank is responding here. Um, that uh, five Wilder Moto Genesis NFTs are going to be given away, so I'm going to be drawing five winners. Yeah. They have a .44 ETH floor. Did, if you just go to the collection, you'll you'll get pretty inspired. Did yeah, I just ahead. read this right on um, Slack that they want to do another five in our Discord? I'm focused on this one first, and we'll announce that right. one second. <laughs> Frank, uh, go ahead, and I'm going to be drawing winners in a second, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Yeah, so some early Welfa. We actually we call it Welfa because everything <laughs> in Wild World, we flipped the script, you know, from Miami to Miami. Um, we just announced land to um, our holders. So we have a rewards program, and if you hold these different assets, you actually kind of – get rewarded down the line. So for essentially, if, if you hold three Wilder Genesis assets, um, you will get three free parcels of land in Miami plus gas. Um, but to get back to your question, Nick, really through these different collections. So we have our wild token, which is like the utility token. And we have the opportunity that's available on exchanges and, um, you know, different backers will, will come in and, and buy token and it will be locked up. So that's the primary way in which we're actually like funding the development of the project is, is through the wild token. Um, and as it relates to the in-world economy, um, we actually redistribute all of our primary sales and royalties to the DAO. Um, and how that works is within each industry so for example wilder wheels again is like the automotive industry and then we've launched the genesis collection which was wilder wheels um we all it's currently live at dow.wilderworld.com and you can see all the funds sitting in those DAOs. and if you hold an nft you're actually able to vote on what you know, we'd like to do and submit proposals for those funds. So we really believe, you know, the open and decentralized metaverse and are fully leaning into redistributing proceeds back to the community to continue to build the thing. And that's really like the ultimate success is when um, this thing can start to sustain itself not only creatively where things are being developed by our community and able to submit through our SDK, but also economically where um, we can actually create a sustainable long-term um, flourishing virtual nation. What, what were you doing before this? Because the, the size of this project is so ambitious. I mean, the, I, I can't imagine um, building something at this scale. Were you in the gaming space before? 
So I've been doing digital art for like over 10 years. I was kind of just, I had my own company and was fully focused on that. Um, our other, so we have Phoenix here and he's a, he's a co-founder. We've worked together for forever. We've been friends forever. And um, our other, one of our other co-founders, Neo, is um, again, deep in tech. And he's been, uh, had many organizations and startups and done raise capital. So um, that's been a key part of, you know, just like the experience and kind of being and living in Silicon Valley, naturally being kind of just in that scene, I guess. So it was really a lot of things coming together for us. And again, we have an amazing team. Um, I, I wasn't in gaming before myself, but we do have some very high quality people on the team who have come from Ubisoft and a bunch of large, large gaming companies, Rockstar, things like this. So um, to us, it's really like putting the vision forth and then getting the right people to support and, and executing and building that. And I've been a gamer my whole life, so it's not like I'm not familiar with it, but um, that was like my entry in. Uh, awesome. Incredible. And, and real quick, I know, Nick, you have a question. I just want to announce our winners. One's already on stage, Fungible Token. Congratulations. I think let's that the go. pop-ups... Yeah, that, let's go. I th- and we're going to celebrate. Yeah. We're going to celebrate in a second. We got Paddington underscore ETH. That's Oscar dash ETH that I've invited. Bombskunk.eth, Trent Monday, and Soul Border. Okay, so I've invited all of you. uh, Jump on stage. If we don't get you on stage in the next two or three minutes, I'm going to draw another winner. Nick, go ahead. Um, This isn't a question. It's just more. uh, This is a comment. So it sounds like we are giving more of them away in the Discord. So if if you're not in there, Hop in. It's in the portal area. So uh, in this case, you actually have to have one of our NFTs. Um, so hop in there and we'll be doing a giveaway of, I think, five more, um, which is very exciting. So thanks for that. Uh, also, big shout incredible. out to Sunshine yeah, th- here thanks on the a call. Lot. Hey. Yeah, let's shout out Sunshine, our head of community here. It's Wilder World. Be, be sure Absolutely. to join shout uh, out Sunshine. How's it going, everybody? It's good to be here. Good to see you all. Hello, everyone. Good well, to have you. <laughs> yeah, and th- thanks for making this happen. Um, what was I going to say? Or it sounds like the people are on stage, huh, Fio? Yeah, I was just going to celebrate uh, all of our five winners. How do you feel? Amazing. <laughs> I feel great, bro. Hell yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. Thank Welcome you so to Miami. Welcome, Wilders. We're happy to have you. <laughs> Got five new residents. Uh, well, I'm going to DM each of you, uh, winner, winner. If you just want to respond with your Ethereum wallets, that'd be absolutely fantastic. We're excited that you all won. Um, you know, back to the Wilder team. We really appreciate you sponsoring the show, joining us, you know, teaching us about Wilder World and, and doing these great giveaways both on the show and in our Discord. You know, what else do people need to know about, about the collections, about the ecosystem? It sounds like the land sale is the next really big event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, land for us, I think, again, for as the as it relates to the metaverse, is kind of like the holy grail. And um, so, staying tuned there. And as I mentioned, we have this Genesis Rewards program. And if you have a Wheels, Beast, and Moto, so these are three um, different NFT collections within Wilder World that you'll get 
three free parcels of land. So rewarding our, our um, supporters there. And that's definitely the most interesting thing. We're also um, working on our vertical slice. So we will be releasing some in-world footage leading in to the land sale. We've been pretty, it's been pretty behind the scenes in terms of like gameplay footage and things like that. So um, yeah, we're super stoked with how it's coming together and, you know, really feel there's great opportunity once people see the quality of this vast world that, you know, like what the future holds for really the whole NFT space. Incredible. Sure. I'd, well, I'd like to add a little of that, a little to that as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Frank spoke a little bit about how we're building, you know, these industries and these industries are led by Genesis collections. Um, if you own the Genesis collection and that gives you Genesis rewards, uh, we have six total Genesis collections that we've released uh, since last September. So you can check out Kicks, Wheels, Wolves, Motos, Cribs, and Crafts on OpenSea. And if you head over to the Wilder World Discord, you can head to the general channel um, and you can command uh, exclamation point Genesis to see those uh, official links. We can also head over into the Nifty uh, the Nifty Discord and help out and, sh and guide people to make sure that you guys are buying the official collections. But I think what's really important is um, to check out all the collections and see which industry is really, um, you know, what's driving you and what's what drives your interest. And um, as you participate in these collections, you become owners of the DAO. And so then that's what gives you the voting rights and the ability to participate and submit proposals and actually take ownership within that industry, uh, which ideally drives future economic value to the holders um, within that industry. So um, just to kind of reiterate what Frank said, the easiest way to get in right now um, to get value for the Trinity for Trinity um, and to actually get land uh, for free, it would be wolves, motos, and wheels. Yeah, Incredible. Make sure you know that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you know, any any closing thoughts? Where should people go? Obviously, they should jump in the Discord. Nick, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, just check out wildorbal.com. Uh, all right, Nick. All right. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> We're very active and, yeah, always releasing a bunch of cool creative. And, you know, there's a beautiful, flourishing community of wild wilders out there. And we invite everyone to Wyami. Everyone is invited to Wyami. Shout Let's out go. to Wilder World. Yeah, shout out to Frank, to Phoenix, to Sunshine, to the whole Wilder World team. What an electric <laughs> Uh, show this was Nick. Go ahead. Miami is right next to Wyoming, so it's very exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Awesome. We love Nifty Alpha. Thanks so much for having us today. Yeah, thanks so much. Shout out to everyone who who joined, and just deep gratitude to the the whole team here. Po, NFT Nick, Signal. I'm. We look forward to breaking bread in the future. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Shout out to Wilder World one more time. Check out wilderworld.com. Check out the collections on OpenSea and hop in the Discord. Get your ass to Miami. We do the show Monday Jeez. through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.